she's going through right now. Father in heaven, we just ask that you would be with her right now and that you would uh, bless her and help her to get through this time. You have been studying in the week, or perhaps you have had this question posed by a co-worker of yours, and you want to have this answered. And so feel free to email me. You have my card. You, my email is in the bulletin. Email me any questions that you may need to have answered. And uh, at this time, before the uh, sermon begins, I'm going to take about two minutes or to five minutes, not long, to answer uh, these questions. And so any questions that you have, Q&A, this is going to be a Q&A time, uh, just feel free to send that to us, and we will be so happy to get your questions answered. As well, uh, on our webpage, we have a prayer request page that um, individuals can send requests, like for instance, we're praying for the Augustine family. They have requested uh, prayer, and uh, so we want to be able to answer these prayer requests. Uh, the prayer coordinators, uh, the prayer warriors, we want to get you linked up to that. So we want you to see Damien Garden after. Uh, he is going to link you up with these prayer requests that will come on our website. And at this time, I know that we have individuals within our audience that is celebrating birthdays. And I don't want to be biased, but I want to see anyone that is a birthday celebrant, either this past week or this week coming, I'm asking you to stand. Birthday celebrant. And I know my wife's birthday is tomorrow, uh, the 14th. And uh, she is celebrating her birthday on the same day that DeMarco and his wife is celebrating their anniversary. Amen. So let, let's, let's have all the birthday celebrants stand. Amen. Amen. Yes. Uh, my, son's, my son's birthday was, no, keep standing. My son's birthday was yesterday, right? So, uh, and my, my nephew's birthday was Thursday. So uh, we have um, birthday cakes coming into the house, you know, <laughs> celebrating birthdays. But we want to wish you a happy birthday, and we wish the Lord will prosper you and make you a blessing in the land that he has placed you in. Amen? Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Amen. The Bible tells us the word of God in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any 
two-edged sword. Amen? This is the word of God. It is quick, it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even, dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and of the joint and marrow. And it is the discerner of thoughts and the intent of the hearts. This is the word of God. And so um, in our church here, um, we believe in lifting up the word. And I want to make this clear to the visitors. Uh, anything that we say uh, in the Bible it is, uh, uh, that we're preaching or that we're standing for, it is based on the word of God. Amen? And it is sola scripture. And when we say the word of God, we're talking about the B-I-B-L-E. We're talking about that word. Uh, the 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, we lift the word of God. We live in the word of God. We abide by the word of God. And so Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is very dear to me. And... Um, you will be understanding as um, I have a few uh, a series that I'm putting together uh, that would highlight the word of God. Because what I understand right now, God's people, we are not uh, in the word as we should. Uh, we uh, have all these kind of different theories. And some of us, we are so locked into these conspiracy theories that uh, we don't know what we believe anymore. And, and so it's very important for us to abide by the word of God. For the word of God is quick. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even and dividing asunder soul and spirit of the joint and the marrow. And even the discerner of our thoughts and the intent of our hearts. Father, we ask that you would bless the word now as we share in this word. I pray, Father, that you will touch your people once again. Help us, Lord, to understand that this is the time that you have brought us together for us to uh, sharpen our tools and to edify each other, Lord, in, in you. I pray, Father, that your, your spirit, Lord, will touch each and every one of us now as we open your words that we will understand and apply what we will read. And what we study today, hide me behind Calvary's cross, Lord, as we read here in this passage of Scripture. Bless your The title of my message today is uh, A Point of Contact. A Point of Contact. The proposition thesis that I have for you is that throughout history, the history of humanity, God has always established a point of contact. There's always a point of contact. God has never left this world desolate. He has never left this world desolate without a point of contact. There is always an institution, a people, or a person that God is using to bring forth his truth to this world. And so when we think of it, God has a point of contact. And the, the problem is with us, it is when we, when we lose touch with this contact, when we lose, lose touch with God's divine ordained contact on earth. It says God 
he uses different methods in ministering to this world. Today, we uh, are looking at this, and we're going to be looking at the different means and modes that God has created to bring this truth to this world. Now, I want you to understand, if the truth of this world was preached to this world right now as it should be, I guarantee you the end will come immediately. When God's truth is preached, when God's truth is preached with power and verity and it spreads it to the entire world and everyone understands and accepts, the end will come. This is what I believe and I believe the scripture talks about this. When we open up the book of Revelation chapter 7 and we see these four angels standing in the four corners of the earth, uh, many times some of us, we don't understand that. My understanding of an angel, an angel is a messenger, a messenger that will bring a message to the world. And I believe that this is, uh, is a last day language, eschatology, where we have four angels standing in the four corners of the earth. And these four angels, they're holding back the winds of strife. And while these four angels in the book of Revelation chapter 7 we see that these four angels are holding back the winds of strife. There is an angel that flies from the east, and it says, Hurt not the earth, nor the inhabitants of the earth, until we have sealed the servants of the living God in their foreheads. There is a sealing that is coming upon this earth. There is a sealing that begun on this earth, and it is we are right now in the time of the sealing. God's people are being sealed. There is a message that is going to be poured out upon this earth. When this happened, the four angels, they are going to release this message, and this message is going to engulf the entire earth. This message is the gospel truth that Jesus stood for when he walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem. This message is the message that God is calling us to preach. This message involves and is the free angel's message. There is only one message. Too many times we think there are so many different messages, but there is only one message that this world has, and the message is about Jesus Christ, uh, that he was coming and he came that he was to die and he died, that he was to resurrect and he resurrected, that he was to intercede and he is interceding, that he is to come again and he is coming. Amen? And that is the message. That is the message in a nutshell and God's people must be ready. And when everyone understands this message... When we understand this message of truth, it is going to bring about a persecution in the entire earth. A few days ago, I was dreaming. I was at my, our old house, minding my own business, sleeping, and enjoying my sleep. But a dream came to me. And I dreamt that there was this man that was walking about and he was preaching the gospel his own way. 
And he was enticing the people and telling the people all they want to hear. All of the wonderful niceties of this world. He was preaching. And my, my wife and myself, we were in this dream. And we were looking and said, but this man is not preaching the truth. He's saying all kind of different things. And in my dream, I was dreaming this. And, and immediately... You know, I started asking him some questions, and he was deflecting these questions. He didn't want to. He didn't want to answer these questions in my dream. And and as this these questions came, this man he was singing and dancing and skipping and doing all kind of different entertainment, and everyone got so excited because he was a singer and he was an entertainer and he did all of these things for him not to answer the questions. He didn't want to answer the questions on the Sabbath. He didn't want to answer the, the questions on the state of the dead. And this man was just skipping and dancing and the congregation was packed in, in my dream. And immediately I said to my wife, this man is deflecting. He is not answering the question. He is a deceiver. And in my dream, I got up in my dream, strange, and I was on my bed, and I said, hey, we got to preach the truth. We got to preach the truth as it is in Christ, and we got to stand up. And I was saying this on my bed, and I'm yelling out, we got to preach the truth. We got to preach the truth. And believe you me, I got up from that dream. Now, this is what you call a three-dimensional dream, because I was dreaming I was dreaming that I was dreaming. It's strange. And when I got up, I said, but what was happening? And I believe God was giving me a message. And the message is directly from scripture. We need to preach the word. The word of God, this is the truth. This word is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. If we stand up for the word, if we stand up for the truth, there is no need to be ashamed. We need to be bold about it. We need to stand up for God's truth. And I believe the church has, our church right now and her, our people, we have come to a, a time of compromise where we want to blend in like everybody else. We want to be like every other denomination. We, we don't want to be attacked. We don't want to be called an, a, a cult. Uh, we don't want to be the oddball out. And so we want to blend into the different denominations and so forth. And God is saying, no, I want you to stand out. Because if you stand out for the truth, if you stand up for the truth, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. God will bring you through. I heard the story, and this story has been in many different uh, forms, but uh, recently a, a man was telling me about his, his job. Uh, they, they asked him to work on Sabbath, and he says, no, 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 I don't work on Sabbath. And, and they said, please, we just need just a few hours, and we, don't have, we won't bug you anymore. We won't bug you anymore. Just, just give us a few hours on Sabbath. And so the man compromised. And he worked on Sabbath just for a few hours at the edge of, edge of Sabbath. He showed up and worked. And soon after, they used that against him. 
to ask him to work. And very soon after, he had to give up the job because he had compromised just that little compromise to the point they understood that, hey, this guy is not serious about his relationship. I believe we are in a position like this as a church where we have compromised on God's truth. We want to act like the other evangelical, uh, other evangelical churches. We want to sound like them. We want to behave like them to the point that we are losing edge of our message. And God is calling us to stand up and preach the truth. We have to realize that God has placed this church on this corner of Doolittle and Jay to be a point of contact. Uh, we have to make a difference in this community. We have to make a difference for Christ. And it is high time that God's people must stand up and realize that we can't be the same. we got to be different. We have to be that oddball out. Yes, that Sabbath keeper there, that, that, that guy that's not going to compromise and sleep around with all the other women that you know, the employees are talking about. We gotta, we gotta stand out. We gotta realize that as a student, we can't compromise taking exams and Sabbath and all of these things. We have to stand up and stand firm because God demands this of us. In the book of Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse nine, it tells us, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it tells us, For the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro to the whole earth to shew himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And he was telling them, Listen, you can't hide from the Lord. We can't act foolish. Uh, you know, because there, there is a way the Bible says it seems right unto them a man, but the end thereof, the ways of death and destruction. We got to understand God's eyes are everywhere. Amen? And so we, we got to understand that God is calling us to be change agents within our communities, within our schools, within our homes. We got to realize first and foremost that God wants to use us as a point of contact. Over the age, we have seen God showing up in different ways. Back in the uh, Old Testament, when um, the uh, Israelites was uh, on their journey out of Egypt into the wilderness, the point of contact was that tabernacle that they had to set up. And they saw they were protected by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But there was a point of contact for the community that was traveling there through uh, those hard wilderness. Uh, God had established a tabernacle and within the tabernacle was the Shekinah glory of God. God's presence was there in the tabernacle. And that was the point of contact for the people. They would pitch their tents around the tabernacle. And they would worship directly, recognizing the power of God was there. We cannot lose point. We cannot lose 
our contact, our grasp on this point of contact. And that was back then. The Shekinah glory was there. But then we see that the, 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 this temple evolved and they established uh, different temples, the Salmonic temple, the Herodesian temples, and so forth, all the way through. And we understood that within there, the Ark of Covenant was there, the Shekinah glory of God was there, and anywhere a Jew would travel in the entire world, they would pray towards Jerusalem. That was their point of contact. They recognized the presence and the power of God with them. And so in the time of Jesus, when Jesus came down and he materialized himself into a human body, took himself a human flesh, divinity, wrapped in humanity, he walked the earth, that was the point of contact. And he was showing us how to live. He was modeling to us as human beings how we could live the spiritual life under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Too many times I find us right now, we compromise. We tell ourselves that, listen, you know, we can't do it. We don't have the strength to do it. And it's true, we don't. But Christ has given us the power and the strength to live above sin. We don't have to compromise. We have to realize that God has created a system and the system works if we only focus on him. And so we see that Jesus, he was veiled. Divinity veiled in humanity uh, was that example that he had left us. But right now we are under the total guidance of the Holy Spirit as Jesus left this promise in John chapter 14 for us. Now, it's interesting that we see now, wherever Jesus went, when he walked those streets of Jerusalem, people recognized the power that Jesus had. They recognized the power. Why did they recognize this power? It was based on what? It was based on, on healing. They, they heard that Someone touched Jesus and they were healing came. So everyone now, after they realized that, hey, by the touching of his garments, we could be healed, they started touching Jesus, right? But then they heard that Jesus, uh, he just even said a few words, you know, to, to, the, um, to, to the Philippian and the, his servant was healed. And they realized, wow, Jesus could be, he just had to say a few words, and they would employ Jesus in this way. So what happened is that when Jesus walked those in that time, they recognized the power of Jesus. And as recognizing the power of Jesus, they called, they brought their prayer requests, they brought all of these things to Jesus because they recognized in him was the power to heal, the power to resurrect the power to forgive. They recognize all of this. Now that was in that time. As time went on, people started losing touch with Jesus and with the healing properties, let me say, of Jesus. People started masquerading and coming into the church and uh, started pretending to be what they were not. We're living in a day and age right now where we are overrun 
by these healers. They're weaving in and out of society and they have, they, they, they're selling different oils. Uh, you know, these, this is an oil, the healing oil, and it is from, it is from Jerusalem. They're selling a piece, piece of the cross. You know, if you could keep this piece of the cross, it would ward away demons, right? You, you've heard that. Uh, we, we, they, they have holy water. This water is taken from the Jordan. Now, some of you guys that traveled to, to back to the Holy Land, you saw some of these relics, right? And, and I hope you, you bought any of them. <laughs> you know, so many of us, we have this. We, we have all of these things, right? And these, it becomes, Christianity becomes superstition. And it, it becomes this hocus pocus thing. They have this holy cross. I remember I was taking a bus trip from uh, Montreal to New York. And I had the, 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 the I, I guess, the, the pleasure of, of sitting beside this nun. And she was seemingly a very religious nun. She had all the garb on and she had these beads. And she would just say these prayers and shuffle these beads. And every time she would be in this mode, shuffling these beads, saying these prayers and shuffling these beads, as if there was power in the beads, as if there is power in these images. There is no power in that. As God's people, we got to realize the true point of contact. We got to re realize the true power that God has here on this earth and the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that is here, right here on this earth, that God wants us to be in touch with. As God's people, too many times we are wrapped up in all of these relics and these images that we are led confused. And we don't know what is truth and error anymore. Even Seventh-day Adventists. I had a professor uh, in school, and he was telling us they had a wonderful reaping back in Central America, one of those countries, and it was a very densely Catholic area. And in this Catholic area, uh, he was uh, going around visiting all the new converts, and there was this woman, she was a devoted follower of Christ, and he went in visiting her, and she was so happy, she said, Pastor, I'm so happy that you came. And she brought him to her place, uh, her altar that she had set up in her home. And she says, this is where I had the statue and the picture of Mary. And she showed him. And when he looked, she had taken out the statue of Mary and erected a picture of Ellen G. White. And that's what she was worshipping. She was worshipping Ellen G. White. Comes down to the same thing, right? As Christians, we've got to realize where the true power is. The true power is not in those red books. And I love the books, Good Counsel. The true power is not in those red books. The true power is in the word of God. And we got to live by the word of God. Whenever I read anything out of those red books, 
and um, I, 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 want to, I want to understand where the point of reference is. So I go back and I look to see where it is in the scripture. You understand? And so if I don't see it in the scripture, I would not, I'm not going to read the statement to you. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, this is the kind of, the, the, the situation we find ourselves in. And Satan, he wants us to be on either extreme. He would, he would love for you to be a fanatic. And you know what a fanatic is, right? Huh? A, a, a fanatic, right, is, is someone that has a hot head and a very cold heart. They don't care. They want to get their point and they want to prove that they are right. Right? And that's it. A hot head and a cold heart. And Satan, he loves for people to dwell in the extremes. Not to understand that it's just thus the word of God. Amen? And so it's important for us to understand that, you know, we see back in Exodus chapter 3, uh, Moses, uh, he came to the point of contact where Jesus came, where, where Moses came. Moses came in and he saw this bush that was being burnt, but was not being burnt up, right? The point of contact this was the, his first revelation. God was revealing himself to Moses. And Moses, and with that burning bush experience, his life was never the same again. We see that in the book of Judges, God had called uh, forth um, Samson. Samson to be this man, this judge that was going to judge uh, in that land. And that was his point of contact. God was going to use Samson to bring about the truth of his truth, his message, to the world at that time. And, but Samson, unfortunately, corrupted himself. Thank God he came back at the end of his life, and he was redeemed by the grace of God. But we got to understand, in every single age, God is calling and depending on a people that will stand up for him. In the time of um, Genesis, this Genesis chapter 6, the time of Noah, we see that God told, said of Noah in verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Imagine God saying that he has found grace in your eyes. God, in, imagine that God, he was, he's so zoomed in on one man, one woman, Noah finds grace. Imagine God just highlights your name. You find grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God wants to use you to do something powerful, right? But that's what God wants to do. We got to understand now. Uh, we, as um, back in the, in the days of the, the priests, back in Deuteronomy and Exodus and so forth, the priests would walk around with the Urim and the Thummim, uh, the, the and, and uh, they would um, pray and seek God's face, and they would, in order for, to, for them to understand if God was answering their prayer, these rocks, these illuminated rocks on the breastplate of the priest, it would illuminate in a certain way, and that's how they knew the will of God. Now, when we think of it, when we look at the, the thumbing, it actually means perfection, and the urine actually means lights. And these 
things, they would look to it to see, in a sense, the Shekinah of God will communicate to that to show them if this is the way or that's the way. And so there is always some kind of point that God would bring forth, but this was done by the, uh, come through the priests and so forth. In our day and age now, we are told that there is a special message to be preached to this entire world. And this message is uh, the summary of uh, what I gave you before, the life of Christ, um, all that Christ did, that was the message. But there was something contained in this, and we call it the three angels' message. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, we see um, this angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting good news, the gospel, to preach unto them that dwell into the earth, on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And then the second angel followed in verse 8 and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now these are the, the first two angels' message. The third angel's message basically is saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead and in his hand, the same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And we are told and warned in these three angels' message. And some, we hear these messages all the time. And we're saying, yes, we got to preach the three angels' message. Yes, these three angels' message. And we talk about it so much, not realizing our part in the whole mix of it. You know, I always say, whatever we don't understand, it could be very harmful for us if you use it in the wrong way. When we think of it, the three angels' message represents the people who accept the light of God's message and go forth as his agents in sounding the warning throughout the length and breadth of this earth. That's what the three angels' message, we have to take the message going forth. Christ declares that we are the lights, light of the world. To every soul who accepts uh, Jesus, um, uh, Jesus' cross on Calvary seeks, uh, speaks, behold the, worth of this, behold the worth of the soul. Go he into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I was so impressed this week with uh, DeMarco's testimony. DeMarco had a very interesting testimony. And the testimony he gave is that he's, you know, he says, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just going out and I'm telling people on my job, you know, I'm telling people about Jesus Christ. So he serves the client and he says, hey, take a card, you know. I mean, DeMarco is real and he's just handing it off, you know, just telling people about God. And, and um, in his telling, there's a gentleman and family that is looking for a church. <laughs> and they're fellow Seventh-day Adventists. And the connection is made immediately. 
and they're here today. You know, it's interesting how God works and the power of God and what God wants to do. Imagine if what DeMarco did should be replicated by all the members of the church. And I'm not saying that you guys are not doing anything. The truth is, yes, some of you guys aren't, right? But, right, the fact is uh, he reached out in a different way and God blessed, right? And I think that this is, is symptomatic of what uh, we are to do. The three angels' messages are, they are non-effective if we sit on our pews at church, hearing our messages, or you sit on your nice settee, or your love seat, watch your TV and do all of what you have to do, but you do not activate in bringing it out to your people. And so what we're saying is that the message must be brought forth. And as God's people, we are sent out in the world, on the job, in the school, wherever it is, in the community, we need to go forth and present these messages of truth to a dying world. Amen? And so when we think of this, people, it is simple this. God has called each and every one of us to be a point of contact. We are told further that we as God's people, we are a holy nation. God has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has called us to be priests and priestess in, the, uh, in, the, in, in, in this whole uh, theme that we will be able to bring the truth and represent Jesus Christ wherever we go. And so every single one of us in this place right now, God has called us to be a point of contact. But the question is, as I conclude, when they see you, do they see Christ? When they see you, do they see Christ? When your neighbor see you, when your classmates see you, when they hear you, when they see your behavior, all of that, do they see Christ? Is Christ reflected in you? This is what it's all about. I remember one day I was in the neighborhood and I saw these young people. They were walking and just having a good time. And I looked and I spotted one of our young men in the midst of them. And they were just having a good time horsing around as boys and everything. And they were just enjoying themselves. They were just, you know. And uh, the guys came by. And uh, as they were passing, man, I heard some of the words that they were saying out of this young member's mouth. I was so shocked. When people see you, Sister Christian, or Mr. Christian, the point of contact, do they see Jesus Christ? Is Jesus being reflected in you? This is what the question is. And God is calling us into the world to mix things up, to change things up, to make the demons who are accompanying the people that's walking with some of these non-believers, to make them uncomfortable. Do you understand? But instead of making them uncomfortable, we want to blend in. We want, to just, we want to just assimilate inside and we want to look like them. We want to sound like them. 
We want to bop like them. We want to wear our baggy jeans like them. We want to put in our blings and our jewelries and all of these things. And we want to look like them. Because nobody wants to be the oddball out. Amen? But the oddball out may be the one that will be going to the kingdom. And everyone that wants to assimilate and just blend in, they will be on that train headed to hell. God is calling us to be different. He is not calling us to be the same. He is calling us to stand out. And folks, I don't know if you've been reading the news or seeing what's happening in our world. The Lord is about to come back again. Truth be told, very soon, Christ is coming back. And it is time for God's people to stand out of the crowd. Stop trying to blend into the crowd, you know, and all of that. The crowd, yeah, it feels good being in the crowd. That party atmosphere, everyone is doing the same thing and all of that. But where is the crowd headed? If you're in the wrong crowd, doing all these things that's displeasing to God, when time is out, and time is up, and God says, ready or not, here I come. He that is just, let him be just still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. When time is up, what are we going to say? I want to encourage every single person that's hearing this message to really look deep down within their heart. Look deep down within your soul and question what kind of person am I? Am I serious about my relationship with God? God is calling us and he wants us to be serious because very soon when he comes back again that's it I'm making a call you may be traveling have traveled this Christian road maybe the last few months maybe the last few years maybe you're proud of your heritage that you are the longest serving Adventist in Vegas whoever you are whatever you are God is calling you to make a difference he wants to know that as these angels these three angels are going into the world to spread the gospel that these angels are you these messengers are you and he's depending on you to go forth with power on in the presence of God to make a difference for God. He wants you to know that you are the point of contact in the community. You are the point of contact on your job, wherever you may go, that we will make a difference in this world. Amen? If you want to stand today, to say, Jesus, wherever I am, wherever I live, wherever I work, wherever I study, I'm asking you, Lord, 
to empower me that I will truly make a difference by the way I live, by the words I say, by whatever I do. I want to be that point of contact where the Holy Spirit will just rain down His power in my life. Amen? I want to be there. I want to stand up for God. Though the heavens fall, I'm not going to compromise. I want to stand up. And I want to stand firm for the Lord. There was this young man I just baptized about a year, about two years ago. And this young man, he was into everything in the scene Montreal. Went to the clubs, drank and hang around with the boys, mischief, he did everything. And this young man came into one of our evangelistic series and he heard the word of God and he said, listen, you know, I want to be used. In fact, I just don't want to be used as just a pew-sitting Christian. I want to be a minister of the gospel. I want to stand out. I know God has been calling me. And the guy came with all the load of bling that he had. He brought it all. And he, and he was saying, listen, I surrender. And he came with spike here and all. People were looking at him and wondering if he actually belonged. But this guy, he was in transition. He was giving himself to God. And he was saying, no more to the world. No more to confusion. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to stand up for God. And so this young man stood up. Young age. While other older ones, they were hanging down. They just wanted to hunker down and do their own mess. But this young man, he stood out of the crowd, accepting Jesus Christ. He's still going through struggle, but he is on the right path to glory. Amen? You may have been called. You may have heard a call. You may have been um, asked to come and surrender your life to Christ time and time again and you have turned your backs on the Lord but today you want to say listen I want to I want to make a difference I want Jesus Christ to come into my life I have tried crack I have tried cocaine I have tried all kind of different things I have gone to all different kind of different religions and everything. I've mixed myself up in all kind of different things. But today, I want to say Jesus Christ, the same Jesus that walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem. I want to give you a try today. I want to surrender my life to you today. You have never surrendered before, or maybe you have, but you want to make back and you want to surrender your life to Christ today standing for the Lord if this is your desire I want to pray with you I want to anoint you I want you to receive the power of God you want to surrender you want to give your life to Christ praise God I'm asking you to come forward you want to say enough to this world 
want to say, that's it. That's it. I'm inviting you to come. The Lord wants to do for you what you can't do for yourself. And you just want to say, listen, I may be a young child. I may be slightly older. But Lord, I invite you into my heart today. Won't you come? Won't you surrender? The Lord wants to take your life from where it is right now. And he wants to bring your life to the next level. He wants to bring you to the next level. He wants to build you up. He wants to bless you. Praise God. He wants to bring your life to the next level. Why don't you just surrender and let him do what he specializes in? He takes ordinary lives. Amen? And he makes them extraordinary. That's our God. That's our awesome God. That's why I'm so excited serving God. Because he is amazing. Amen? Won't you come? Wherever you are. You may have come here for the first time. Or maybe not. But today you want to say enough. I'm coming to the Lord. Nobody, no man, no woman will be standing in my way, in the way of my blessing. Won't you come to Christ today? As we come to the conclusion, I want to ask for anyone that would like to come forward, let's hold hands, and you would like to recommit yourself to the Lord. You want to recommit, reconnect, I want to invite you into my heart. I want to do this again. I'm asking you to come. Join us. You want to recommit yourself to the Lord. You want to say, Lord, that's it. Recommitment time. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we come to you, Father, because you're the only one that really understands us. You're the one that, only one that understands our pain. You understand the, the loneliness. You understand, Lord, the, the trials and the tribulations that we have to go through. And Lord, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to you now, Father. As we come, Lord, we're saying this. We're surrendering our lives and we're asking, Lord, that you will please just take control of our lives. Perhaps there is someone that is listening on the broadcast today that is going through some trial and tribulation. Bless them as well, Father. You know the hardship that mother is going through, that father is going through, that young person is going through, that person that is about to just give up and commit suicide. Lord, you just want them, Lord, to say, hey, listen, you know, I have died for you. Christ has died for you. Give it up to Christ. Stop what you're doing and allow Christ to come into your life. Lord, I just ask that you will please seal the 
these individuals, Lord. You know where their lives have been, Lord. You know their struggles they go through on a day-to-day basis, Lord. I pray that you will bring deliverance upon their lives, Lord. Help them to know, Father, that there is a God that loves them so much. You died. You gave all that we will experience eternal life in Jesus Christ. Bless this church, Lord. Bless all those that are standing, Lord. We're standing saying that we are committing ourselves to be a point of contact where the Lord will work through us to bring His gospel, His truth to a dying world. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for hearing answering our prayers, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. May God bless you. Amen. 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 I'm going to be asking for Brother uh, Cogs to uh, come forward here, please. Brother Cogs, I'd like you to come to the platform here. house of God today. Uh, I see you practically every week. And um, there's an introduction here. And I see you're alone. Would you like to go and bring that lady over there for me, please? A sister up here. A sister. Come forward here. A beautiful couple. Amen. Amen. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, for the, the second time in the history of this world, I'd like to introduce to you Brother and Sister Cogs. I'm asking for all the elders of the church to come forward. It is important for us to understand that God specialized in families. Amen? And he wants um, to um, bless and anoint families. I want you to hold hands together. And I want you to look at each other. And as the elders surround you, lay your hands on them. As the elders of the church comes at this time, we ask, Lord, that you will please bless the Cogs family. Bless the, this husband and this wife, Lord. As they stand up, Lord, and they're standing in integrity, they're saying, Lord, we will serve you for the rest of our lives. We love each other, they're saying to each other. I pray, Father, that your anointing will continue to just guide them, Lord. Bless their family. Bless their children, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will truly renew a right spirit within them, Lord, and keep them keeping on, Lord. You are a great and powerful God. And Lord, what you have joined together, let no man, let no woman put asunder. We praise you, Father. We worship and adore you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.